standing, turn in your pew Bible to page 396. 396, Judges chapter 14. This is going to be familiar to those who did your homework. <laughs> I can ask you to raise your hand. <clears throat> Judges chapter 14. Samson went down to Timnah and saw a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and his mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all your people? You must not go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife. But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. His parents didn't know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. So Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and his mother. And as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him powerfully, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he, neither but he told neither his mother or his father what he had done, then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. And in it, he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands, and he ate it as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken it, the honey from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman, and there Samson held a feast, as was customary for young men. When he saw him, when the people saw him, they chose thirty men to be his companions. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you give me the answer within seven days of the feast, I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle. They said, let's hear it. He replied, out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. For three days they could not give the answer. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Did you invite us here to steal our property? Then Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing, you hate me, you really don't love me. You've given, me, given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't explained it to my mother or my father, he replied. So why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast. And on the seventh day, he finally told her, because she continued to press him. She in turn explained the riddle to her people. Before the sun set on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, Cloud a heifer. He would have not solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon, struck down thirty of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who, who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he returned to his father's home, and Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who had attended him, who had attended the feast with him.
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. A lot of information in that passage. And I've only got 20 minutes. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is the battles of life. The battles of life. Things that can happen that we don't expect. They surprise us. They kind of come out of nowhere. Some similar to a lion jumping out of a vineyard. There's other battles that we face. Things that come against us that come from manipulation, that are contrived, that are calculated. You ever been stabbed in the back? Battles. Battles that we face. Today we're going to talk about a certain phrase that showed up several times in that passage. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. Now, most of us understand and we know the stories of Samson, right? So I'm going to leave that in your court. But I want to talk to you today about the Spirit of the Lord coming upon you. We read about Samson. We understand that he tore a lion apart. We understand that, that at one point in time, and we'll get to this, but he took a jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand men. And we know that he grabbed foxes and tied their tails together and they ran through and they destroyed all kinds of stuff. And he busted down pillars and all of those things because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Now, how many times have you been in a situation where you're like, dude, if I could just have the Spirit of the Lord come upon me, I'd straighten some things out. <laughs> and we look at it like that, and at points in the, in, the, in the recesses of our hearts and our minds, we think, man, if I could just be Samson for a day. Well, me, because, you know, he, he did have beautiful locks of hair. There was a time, church, there was a time. <clears throat> but to understand that the Spirit of the Lord came upon an individual in such a fashion that it made such impact. Keep in mind we're reading out of the Old Testament. Okay? That happened often in the Old Testament. We could go through, I don't know how many times it's written in the Old Testament, but often, time after time after time, after time the Spirit of the Lord came upon, and something miraculous happened. Something supernatural took place. So what does it mean the Spirit of the Lord came upon him? Everybody knows and understands the Spirit of the Lord, right? That's the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So when it says Spirit of the Lord, that's the Spirit of God. And we know who Him is, right? Samson. Came upon that's what we need to focus on. Now, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's very easy for us to understand where, when we see the, the enemy or the devil at work, right? We can pinpoint that pretty quick. But when we see God at work, sometimes we kind of struggle. Or if we hear certain thoughts, we're like, well, that's not of God. And we know that quickly. We know that voice quickly. 
But then when God speaks to us, we're like, was that really God? Do I really need to... So we have been trained as a society, and even in a Christian society, that we understand the voice of the enemy way better than we understand the voice of God, and that's a shame. So that's why I'm teaching on what I'm teaching on today, is because we need to get, as a body of Christ, is to get more focused on understanding when God speaks and when God does things. Has anyone here ever been accused of being angry? Ooh, okay. Here we go. Frustrated. Does this phrase sound familiar to you? I don't know what came over me. It just came out of my mouth, and I'm so sorry I said that. The key there is that we use the language. I don't know what came over me. But what came over you is that something raised up inside of you and you, became, you were offended or frustrated or whatever it was, but you were tempted to be that and all of a sudden it came out. Just so you know, that wasn't the Spirit of the Lord. Okay? But it was another spirit. It was another temptation. But see, we have lived those situations, haven't we? I mean, we can even recall them still. We're probably sitting there going, oh, I wonder if I ask for forgiveness for that. I probably need to get that cleared up. But the point is that the Spirit of the Lord still moves in such a fashion today. We just don't see lions ripped apart and those type of things. But the miraculous is happening. And it's going to show itself. It's going to manifest. We've seen people healed. We understand that money comes in from the most unique and amazing places to do His work. We see this miraculous stuff. And it's an understanding of to understand what does it mean to come upon. We live after the New Testament, after the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We live after Pentecost. In Acts, where the Spirit of the Lord came down upon the church, like tongues of fire came down upon the church. When you accept and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, He has, the Bible tells us, deposited His Spirit within you. Okay? That same Spirit that empowered Samson lives in you. The Spirit of God has come upon you. It is a part of your life. It's about us releasing that. He has come upon you. Some terms are used today that you are anointed. Christians are anointed. Have you ever heard that term before? Okay, some, most times that comes from the, the Pentecostal camps or the denominations. What they're referring to is that the Holy Spirit has been deposited into your life and that you have gifts and talents given to you by God to do what He's called you to do. Does that sound like Samson? The Spirit of God came upon him because God had set him aside as a Nazarite to free the people. Samson had a purpose, he had a calling. And in that, he has been given the Spirit of God to help him be and do what God created him to be and do. 
We see it in different forms today. If it was up to me, I would never be a public speaker. Believe it or not, I'm more introverted than not. But I can tell you when I step into this place or this role, I can feel it. God, grab a hold of me. You talk to other people when they come up and do something like this that's well outside of their wheelhouse. They'll be like, I don't know what happened. I probably don't even remember the service, but man, stuff was coming out of my mouth. That's God. I had a situation. I was down in Florida one time in a, at a restaurant in a town I'd never been before. Sitting there, the waitress comes up, and I have a thought. I'll put it this way. I had a thought run through my head. Tell her that you're praying for her son and let her know that he's doing okay and it'll all be all right. Never met the lady, never been in the restaurant before. Maybe she didn't have a son. I didn't know. Here we go. Bloop. Came out of my mouth and she bursts into tears. And she's like, do you know him? I'm like, no, ma'am. I've never even been in this town before. And she's like, well, well, he's in prison. And I've been so worried about him. Evidence that God wanted to speak to her, to encourage her, grow her faith, and bless her. Now, that sounds very different than the enemy steal, kill, and destroy, doesn't it? But to grow her and to build her up and to encourage her to let her know that her son's going to be okay. That's the Spirit of the Lord that moves. And He does those things. But when this, well, we understand that the Spirit of the Lord in the Old Testament comes upon people and in the New Testament, well, not just in the New Testament, because I'm going to get into something where Jesus talked about. But now, after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was in Genesis when God says, let us make man. Who do you think He was talking about with us? Him, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are hanging out, creating the world. So the same Spirit that was there, the same Spirit that moved through the Old Testament, the same Spirit who was sent to us, that Jesus said in John 14, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. The Helper. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson to help him fulfill his calling. Just like the Holy Spirit lives inside of you to help you Fulfill your calling. And sometimes we get in some pretty crazy situations that the, only the Lord God Almighty can get us out of. Can I get an amen? So we need someone with that power to walk with us through what He has created us to be and do. If, it was, wasn't, if, if God was not in my life, I would not be here. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to, to do the things that I do. And not just at a church. It's like, you know, God empowers and allows me to be a dad. 
He gives me insight on things I need to fix and things I'm doing well. I would never be able to, to help run a nonprofit organization without Him. I would not be able to do the things that I do without Him. And we can all sit there and go, Amen, that's right. My push to you is, how much further do you need to go? How much more do you need to surrender? How much more do you need Him? Because, okay, a couple weeks ago, I got a job offer. Okay? Six figures. Read through the responsibilities. Read through the qualifications. Me to a T. Man, I could do it. Hands down, I could do it. You and Julie said to me, That's job is not for you. I'm like, really? She said, yeah, here's why. Because you can do it. I need to be tapped into something that I can't do. I need to put my life in front of the Lord completely and go, give me something that I can't do. But can only be done through you. Give me something. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like I want the Spirit of the Lord to move through and in my life and come upon me like I have never seen. And let me tell you, I'm well outside of the box, but my box just is probably a little bit bigger than somebody else's. But I want to see God move in such a fashion that when something comes out after me, like a lion out of the vineyard that I don't see coming, that I am so empowered by the Lord that I take the territory and I take over what the attack was and I defeat that. So reading this passage, it challenges me to go, you know what, there is more. There is more that God wants to do in and through me. And that goes for each one of us. Last series we talked about the ark. There's a lot of arcs out there in it. And there are arcs that is well beyond what I could ever build and what I could ever do. And God's like, finally, that's what I'm talking about. Take on something that is so far beyond who you are and allow Him and His Spirit to come upon you powerfully in a fashion that people see and know that it's God and not you. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because He has anointed me. There's that word. He has anointed me. That word anointed is, uh, in the Greek, it's Cairo, and it means to be consecrated, to be set aside to a specific job, a specific office, and that you have been provided the necessary gifts and powers by the Holy Spirit to do what you've been called to do. That's what anoint means.
Again, I'm not saying that you have to be a pastor, that you need to get up here and preach. Every one of us have been put into a situation, whether your desk at work is your pulpit, or in your life of retirement, or it doesn't matter. Wherever God has placed you in your job, in your relationships, that is where He wants to display Himself through you. You have been anointed to be in that situation. Well, Ian, you don't know what all I'm going through, man. I'm going through some really tough stuff, and it just keeps on coming. I'm telling you, you you've been as difficult as it may be. You have been anointed to be in that situation. God has given you the gifts and the talents and the skills and the power to move through it. Ask Him. Ask Him. Jesus says, I, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me. He has consecrated me. He has set me aside. He has put me in this position to, you ready? Proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, set the oppressed free, and proclaim the favored year of the Lord. That's what Jesus was here for. For me, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to pastor a church, to be a father, to be a husband, to run a nonprofit, to bring freedom to this region. That's why I'm here. And the most amazing things and the most unique things happen in my life. The same is for you. Jesus, anointed to do those things, set aside, being given and provided all of the necessary powers to do what God's called him to do. You see, that's why on in Scripture, Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8, he says, you know, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. In all these things. I've told you before, you know what all means, right? All means all, and that's all all means. All things. But in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him, Jesus, who has loved us. For I am convinced, Paul says, that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons... Neither the present or the future or any power, neither height or depth or anything else in creation can separate me, can separate us, he says, from the love of God that comes to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. All of what you face, it doesn't matter if it's an angel from heaven or a demon from hell that comes against you. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can take away the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Nothing can stop you. Well, what about, well, what about, what about? You know what those things are? It's called doubt. Not of God. So if we allow God to transition and shift our minds into understanding that we have been set up 
to succeed in what God has called us to do, nothing can stop you. Because you have been anointed. And the Spirit of God is upon you. First John. First John chapter 5. For everyone born of God... Okay, do you fit... In, and there again, ask yourself this question. Do you fit into that category? Are you born of God? Then you overcome the world. Period. If you are born of God, everyone born of God overcomes the world. That's what that verse says. Everyone of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Yes. Then you will overcome the world. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Hasn't been that way up to this point. Guess what? Life's about to shift. Things are going to change. And part of that comes with our mindset because so often, again, I go back to what I was talking about earlier, so often we're used to hearing the enemy just chatter. I mean, it's constant, isn't it? And you know what? It ain't just this ear, it's both ears because he's coming after us. And we're so used to that voice, we're so used to that tone that we've lost out on that, you know what? You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. When's the last time that you heard that? You are greater than you could ever imagine. What God has in store for you and what He has set aside for you is more than you can comprehend. That's why most times in my life when I look at something that I can do, I'm like, well, that's not it. It has to be something else. It's got to be something greater. Because you know what? Our lives are designed to show the very fingerprints of God. When people look at me, I want them to see it. I want them to feel it. When they look in my eyes, I want them to see the one who died for them. And to be so passionate and driven for that to happen has taken time. But the more that I have surrendered, as Jesus talked about setting the captives free, the more things that I have been freed from, the more prison doors that I've walked out of, the more I understand nothing is impossible. And that goes for you. Well, Ian, my life's a shambles. Maybe today. But what can come out of a mess? Amazing things. Amazing things. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Well, Ian, you know, the world's just going to hell in a handbasket. I'm telling you, church, the stage is being set for God to show Himself big time. Things are difficult in our world right now. I'm not denying that. I don't live with my head in the sand. But I do know who I serve, and I do know who died for me, and I do know who can take someone from such a empty place and use them. Last week on my news, my um, feed on Facebook, a little thing pops up <clears throat> about my life 12 years ago. Before we were in Virginia, we lived in North Carolina and I ran a soup kitchen on the other side of the tracks. Literally, 
I had to stop talking when the trains would go by just so people could hear what I was saying. And that's where I was. And that's where God had me. But my news feed pops up, and it's like, how amazing is it that God would take an unknown from a soup kitchen in North Carolina to the halls of Capitol Hill to pray for a congressman? Amazing. God can do anything. And so I watch these things happen in my life. And so I have these expectations of that God is going to hold up His end of the deal. That He's going to fulfill His promises. Why shouldn't I believe that? But they're for each one of us. The Spirit of the Lord lives in you. All those dreams and thoughts of, wow, you know, I, I could do this or I could do that, well, that, that'll never work. Those are the ones to follow. Those are the things to pursue. Because it's those things that God can show Himself and show Himself strong. Well, God, can you restore the mess of my life? Yes, absolutely. Does He not take the broken and mend them? Is He not the potter? He is the restorer, the restorer of the breach. When things fall apart and everything comes crashing in, He's the one that rebuilds. He restores. He reclaims. Pick a re-word, R-E, whatever, and that's who God is because He's going to pull it together. You ready for more homework? <laughs> Okay, next Sunday, okay, Judges 15. You have to read Judges 15. Here's, here's your sermon in a sentence, and it's a fill-in-the-blank. Okay? You're going to have to work on this one. I have been anointed, remember, anointed, given the gifts and the power to blank. I have been anointed... I have been given the gifts and the power to blank. It could be win this battle. Defeat this attack. Perform this job. Overcome this health issue. Defeat the sin in my life. Become the parent or the grandparent that I need to be. As you can tell, my fill-in-the-blank is getting serious. Because that's where God wants to meet us. He wants to meet us in the points where we are hurting the most. Maybe where we feel the most lost where we are going down for the third time and we are reaching up out of this ocean that we've gotten lost in and we are drowning in. God wants to be there for us on every level. On every level. And He wants to show that what He has deposited into your life, His very Spirit, 
is what will save you. And when that happens, He will get the glory. And your life will be changed forever. You will not be the same person that you were. We are conquerors. We are overcomers. We have been anointed. The Spirit of God is upon us. Let Him be who He is in your situation and where you are so that you can become everything that He's created you to be. Father, Lord God, I thank You for this time. I thank You for Your blessings. I thank You for Your love for us. Father, I thank You for taking us beyond where we are or what we're comfortable with. Lord, I have I have seen great things. And Father, I just ask that for everyone. Father, for your love for me and for my family. Father, the things that I know that you want to do in people's lives and their hearts, Father, in communities, in cities, in regions. Father, I know that you are drawing people unto yourself. And Father, I pray and I just ask, God, that we would come to a deeper realization of your spirit that lives in us. That, Father, we are no longer settled with life the way it is, but that we want more of you. And, Father, that, that we can trust you with all of our heartache, with all of our hurts, our pains, our losses. Father, with all of our questions and all of the things that we wonder about, Father, life does not have to be and continue to be the way it is today. So, Father, I ask for your spirit to move. And, Father, to continue to empower us. Father, that we bring all of our questions to you. And, Father, that we wait patiently for the answers. Father, thank you for strengthening us. But, God, I thank you for the love that you have for us and that we would just open our arms and learn how to accept it and receive it. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing and all of who you are. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.